We're about to join the conversation of Listen and Learn Live. And today the topic is strawberries. Here we go. Everybody's on the air. Welcome. Thanks, Oren. Um, this is Kari Peterson from, from the Petersburg Public Library. And welcome to Summer Stream Live, a collaboration between KFSK and Petersburg Public Library. Here we will discuss and learn about different topic each week. At the end of every show, we will have a trivia question with a chance to win a $20 gift certificate to Singling Alley Books. So stay tuned and be ready to call 772-3808 for your chance to win today. Um, so today is Everything Strawberry, and we'll be talking with Christina Sargent and Sharon Sprague about planting, growing, and eating strawberries. And I think we'll probably sneak some other gardening in there, too. Um, Christina is the school garden coordinator and teaches garden and nature lessons for the school district, organizes community garden workshops, and prior to COVID, taught summer garden camps. Hopefully, in a post-COVID summertime, she will teach garden camp again. Um, until then, we will continue to enjoy her knowledge here. And Sharon is a fabulous local gardener. Um, hello, Sharon. Are you there? I am here. Okay, so I'm going to turn the conversation over to Christina and Sharon. Okay, good morning, everyone. Um, we're excited to have everyone here and talking about strawberries. And um, I always look forward to the berry season starting in the summer. And, and uh, other than salmon berries, which are usually the first one, and the garden berries, strawberries are often the, the first one I, I usually get. Um, this year, they're a little further behind. So even though it's a uh, Toward the end of June, we don't have a lot of strawberries yet, but that's just how it goes. Some years we get more than others. Um, so I thought we'd just talk a little bit about how and where people plant strawberries here in Petersburg and this area. And um, I know most places are grown outdoors, but it does help here to have some indoors and in the greenhouse if you have them. And um, Sharon, can you tell us a little bit? I know you grow both indoors and out um, on your place. If you could share with us a little bit about how you, and where you grow their strawberries. Okay, I have uh, a couple of little rows inside my greenhouse. And so that gives me about one month extended season. So we've already eaten strawberries for about a month. Just a few here and a few there. They've been nice. Now I have problems with gray mold because it is too cool and too wet this year. But they are tasty and they're a little sweeter than the ones that come outside just because of the conditions. So then I have strawberries outside and I have a lot of berries setting on and we put a roof over the top of them because water is a killer for strawberries. There you go. Yeah, so up at the uh, the school garden, we have um, one bed that's all dedicated to strawberries, and that's outdoors. And yeah, it's uh, it's just now starting to set berries a little bit. I think they're going to be pretty small this year just because of the cool weather and not a lot of sun. Um, we also do have some planted in gutters, um, and I know that's a popular way a lot of people try to plant them um, on gutters and then hang them 
along a fence row or in the greenhouse. Now, the gutter ones we had, I started in the greenhouse early on, but then I moved them outside to get a space um, for other things in the greenhouse. And that was one of the nice things of having them in a, in a gutter or a pipe or something you can move. Um, have you ever grown them that way, Sharon, or is all of yours in the ground? <laughs> They are in the ground. So are you doing this hydroponically or are you doing this with soil in your gutter? So the ones we have are in soil. Um, and I know people do do them hydroponically. And it's been a discussion of maybe trying to set up a hydroponic setup up there for them at some point. It might happen. But right now they're um, they're just in soil in the gutters. And so they do, do, they do both. And oh. Do you hand water with a fertilizer? Is that what you do? Yeah, so I'll just go in and, and, and water them. And then maybe every other time I water, I'll put a little bit of like the, I use the fish fertilizer um, that you can buy, the fish emulsion, and add a little bit of that to it. Now, some years I have problems with them drying out because there's not a whole lot of soil volume in those gutters and they're, you know, they're in the air. Um, this year, that's not been a problem. <laughs> they get enough rain. You know, I think that's a really good idea to do that because you've got the eaves on your house. And if you put it up next to the house, you're going to get two benefits. One is the uh, coverage from the rain. And the other is that you're going to increase your heat amount because being next to the house is more protected. Yeah. But I have not. I have not done it that way, but it's a really good idea. I think my biggest problem is greed, and I think that if I have more plants, I'll have more berries, but that's not true. They need some space, and I put let too many runners grow. Yeah, that, the that's problem, definitely. The other that's problem I problem. have, the other problem I have is deer. If they're anywhere where a deer can get to them, they'll eat them off immediately. Yeah, and unfortunately, we had um, someone let the gate open up at the school greenhouse last week and, and overnight, and I got up there and found it open, and there had been a deer that had found its way in and um, nipped off a bunch of the leaves from the outdoor strawberries we have up there, so they that put us a little behind. <laughs> That's right. They, they can wipe them out real fast. This is Kari, and I just wanted to ask a quick question. When Sharon said about the greed and too many runners, can you explain a little more about that? Well, you know, the strawberry puts off runners as it's growing. Those runners go into the ground or lay on the ground, and they root, and that's a new plant. So when your original plants get old, you can just cut that free, it actually just, just sort of disintegrates itself in time. But those new plants are there, and you can make your rows. You can train them. You can lift them up and move them where you want them while they're little and make another row. So you can alternate your rows. You'll have a row of berries growing. The runners come out into the sides. You can make those your next plants. And then the next row of old originals are going to be there. Then they're going to put out runners, and you will continue making more and more new plants all the time. But you said that more plants doesn't necessarily mean more berries. That's right. You have to take out the old ones and make a new row with your new ones. Oh, so it's the yeah. new so plants that 
produce the berries, yes, not right. the old ones? They're good. The, they produce the best berries. Oh, okay. yeah. So I think like a lot of people like do like a three year cycle um, on yes. them. And mm -hmm. that way, once they get more than like three years old, the production starts going down. Um, the other yeah, problem just, uh, they, I have in my strawberry beds is that you, the runners just kind of start planting new plants all over the place and then they get too thick mm -hmm. and too dense. So then they're competing right. for space and nutrients. And if you have a lot of really dense plants that are competing for nutrients, they won't have as much energy to make berries. So then those plants will not produce as many berries or produce just really small berries. So if you want like really good, big, healthy berries, it's good to keep a little bit of space around each plant. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't take my runners off like I should. If you take the runners off, or at least part of them, it will leave the vigor going to the original plant until it loses its vigor to grow or bear. Okay. So if you cut part of the runners off, it's going to put more energy into the main plant. Yeah, if you kind of think about each plant only has so much capacity to take up nutrients and to photosynthesize depending on its leaf size and create energy, and that plant can then use that energy to create berries, or it can use that energy to put off runners to create, you know, new plants. So if it has a lot of runners on it, it's going to be using most of its energy to create those new plants and less energy for the berries. So a lot of people will snip the runners off. Um, when they develop, if they don't want more new plants growing so that the original mother plant can use its energy to make berries. Okay. Thanks. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. I didn't know. And that's, that is, the, I feel like that's a really important detail <laughs> to growing strawberries. I have lots of runners coming on mine right now. I need to go out and I just snip them off and then you only just keep a few, and then you've got new plants coming. But I've just, the old plant looks really vigorous because it's a big plant. And so I just breaks my heart to tear that plant out. But it needs to come out, and those new little plants need to be put in there. And if you have like six to eight, maybe 10 inches between each plant, they're going to do a lot better than having them two inches apart every plant you know so it looks nice and full and green it needs to have a little space so you get energy for the berries okay yeah well thank you Sharon I'm gonna take a little break here and we're gonna talk about um our trivia so if you are just joining us, this is Summer Stream Live, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library. Here we discuss and learn about a different topic each week. Today we are discussing everything strawberry with Christina Sargent and Sharon Spray. At the end of this show, we'll have a trivia question with a chance to win a $20 gift certificate to Singling Alley Books. So stay tuned and be ready to call 772-3808 for your chance to win today. Now back to our discussion. Right. So I thought it'd be interesting to talk a little bit about the varieties of strawberries that people may not know that um, there are a couple different types of strawberries and what type you have depends on when they fruit and how often. So there are um, June bearing strawberries, which set up all their fruits pretty much in one big 
um, cluster, uh, usually in June, depending on where we are here, like, um, you know, mid-June. And so all the berries come within maybe a week or a two-week period. Um, then there are what is called ever-bearing strawberries, and those actually have kind of two seasons, they said. They do a, a one sort of early spring set of berries and flowers, and then they'll kind of taper off in the summer when it gets hotter, and then they'll do another kind of fall set of strawberries. So you can kind of get two two sets of berries out of them. And then there's kind of a, a subcategory of the everbearings that are called day neutral. And those sort of start setting fruit in the spring and they will set all summer long into the fall. So you'll get a scattering of one or two berries from the plants throughout the, the full season. And uh, there's kind of different reasons why people like different varieties. Some, especially for fresh eating, like having just a handful of strawberries coming in all the time. But if you're going to be doing, say, maybe uh, canning or jam, then it's nice to have a big flush where you can pick up, you know, gallons of strawberries all at once and, and make jam. So it's always interesting to kind of see which varieties people pick. And it's something to consider when you're choosing which berry to buy or to see. Um, so do you have a preference, um, Sharon, for what kind of strawberries you like to grow? You know, I find... Personally, I've got all of them, and they've all mixed together because they're all in the same bed, so the runners go out, and so they're just all mixed together. But I find that the June bearers are the better ones because it's too cool in the early spring, and it cools off and gets wet in the late fall. And all of my berries that come on my double bearers, they never, ever ripen because it's not warm enough in the late season so I prefer just June bearers and I I consider myself lucky to just have berries in the middle of the summer and yeah, then I and switch over I do raspberries <laughs> after the strawberries are gone then I got lots of raspberries yeah, it's interesting that you said you've got a mix of all the uh, runners. I was kind of chuckling to myself because I've done the exact same thing. I've gotten different varieties and planted them, and then they kind of get intermixed, and you're not really quite sure anymore which ones are which. But No, and I think I'll be very religious about going out marking the berry that's blooming at this certain time so that when in, in the fall I can tear the whole bit out and just take out the ones I want that have the nicest, biggest, reddest berries through the season. But you know what? I'm so neglectful. I never go do it. I, I know we always have such great intentions in the garden and the reality of actually getting those things done. <laughs> That's right. So when we say that we're um, knowledgeable and we know what we're doing, you know, I think we just do it by luck. <laughs> yeah there there is a, a fair bit of that and and that's a good tip for like uh, beginner gardeners you know um to some extent you know you're going to get different years different seasons whether it's been a really cold and wet spring or a hot sunny and dry one you never know what's going to happen so you just have to kind of take everything with a little uh a little grain of salt i guess and uh rely on luck and realize some years the luck's just not going to be there <laughs> that's right it, it's just uh, a guess and by golly that's what it is and so um this year i've had nice berries in the greenhouse but like i told you we've got drips off of the roof from condensation 
And so the gray mold is just incredibly terrible, and it affects the berries. I have an automatic watering system in there. I had to turn that completely off. I just haven't watered at all. It's just been so wet. Yeah, and um, I found that particularly an issue in the fall. Usually, you know, when it gets wet and cold in the fall, that that's a, often a problem. This year, it's been more of a problem throughout the spring. You know, I've uh, put extra fans in the school greenhouse so the air circulation is improved, um, and that does help some, but when we don't have any sun, there's only so much you can do. That's right, and then I don't have the electricity to put a fan in there, so I could open the doors, but then it's just cold. It's cold this year. It's cold, and, and you know, they can stand the cold lots of times. They won't ripen as fast, but it's the moisture that just kills them. Yeah, and the other issue that I've been having um, with the cool and how rainy it is is the slugs. Um, we get a lot of slugs here and trying to keep them from eating the berries before they ripen well, and has, we, has been a challenge. We go out on slug runs at night. We'll be out at midnight picking up slugs and dropping them in a container of salt water, and we've done it several times, and we'll pick up hundreds in one mm-hmm. evening and you have to go out after dark because they're nocturnal and the other thing we've had is voles v-o-l-e-s and so uh the uh, uh winter harvest garden book with elliot coleman he told us how to make vole houses and it's just a little box it's about oh probably three inches high got a lid that fits on it. Dick built them, and they're about 10 by 8 inches in size. And then there's a hole drilled on opposite sides, uh, kind of on each corner, on two sides only. And you set spring traps in there just like a little mouse trap with a piece of fruit on it. You put it in there, and once a vole goes into that box, you set it right by where you can see a trail where they're running. But when they once go in that box, the voles will always go in there. And you'll catch a lot of them like that. And that's what we do. And you'll find your berries are chewed on. It's That's what you probably got is a vole. Yeah. And um, outdoors, I know um, we've had mixed results with uh, birds and people having birds coming in and pecking at the strawberries. And um, I have some netting, uh, just some um web netting that I throw over the top of our berries to help keep the birds out. Um, well, and in just, the greenhouse, it's I not hate, an issue. <laughs> I've just hated to use nets and I've hated to use uh, traps, open traps out there because the birds do get in them and get caught. So the vole traps, the birds don't go in, so you're not going to get birds, but you will get your voles. Yeah. Now, another fun project that to keep the birds away that I've done with the students is um, fake strawberry rocks. So we um, get rocks that are about the size and shape of a strawberry and paint them red. And then, you know, so the kids can decorate them up with a little bit of leaves and, and 
bits too. And then we throw those out, scatter them around the strawberry bed, just right when the Uh berries are starting to ripen. And the idea is Uh the birds see those bright red rocks and get attracted to them and come over and try to peck them. And then of course they're pecking rocks so they can't actually get them. And they'll try it a couple of times and then they'll decide that you have really defective strawberries that aren't edible. And so once your real strawberries start to ripen, the birds in the area have hopefully learned to leave your bed alone. Well, you can hope all you want, but I don't know if it really works. If they find, I guess if they get rewarded once, they're going to be back. Yeah, the, all these things are, you, you, try, you try them and some of them work a little bit and you hope between everything that something works. But it's kind of a fun project to do with the kids and paint the rocks. They have a lot of fun putting them out and thinking about the birds eating rocks. So we do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It's a good idea. <laughs> well, I think... Chris told me the other day about um, using a plastic cover and how she fastened it with a, a, an old hose with a slit in it, and that made a clamp. That was a super good idea for people that are going to do a little covering. And in the wintertime, I throw plastic over my strawberry bed, and they seem to do better. I just throw an old board on top of it. And it gives them a little bit of protection from the weather, and I don't take it off in the spring until it's raised, it's grown new growth underneath, and raised the plastic right up. Then I will take it off, and they set on a lot quicker, so you get your berries quicker in the season. Yeah, it's amazing how having just a little bit of cover over things, um, not not even just strawberries, but a lot of our garden beds here, especially when we're having these cold springs, that it just really helps warm right. things up. So yeah, like what Sharon was saying that I've done is just use PVC, like half inch PVC pipes to kind of bend and create a hoop over the bed. And you can kind of just jam them in on either side um, into the ground or into the edge of your raised bed and then get uh, plastic. And I mean, you can buy the fancy greenhouse plastic, but you don't have to. Just the painter's cloth plastic from the hardware store works too. It it won't last as long. It'll probably break down every season, but it's cheap so you can replace it. Um, I like to use the greenhouse house plastic because it lasts a few seasons it's a little more durable but whatever people can do and they just lay that plastic over the hoops and then you can clip it down and you know they sell all kinds of clips that you can buy that are meant to do that but what i've done and found that works really well is just to cut pieces of an old hose so cut them into like two or three inch pieces and then cut a slit down the one side so that they can open up and you can just open up that hose and spread it or hop the plastic in around the pvc pipe and that'll hold it down and prevent the wind from blowing it off it was just a good idea that was a really good idea so That extends extends your season right there, just to do that, and it doesn't cost you very much. If you can't use PVC pipe, if you don't feel like you can afford to do that, you can even use just old poles that you cut from the forest, little limb things. Uh, You can put anything up for a support and put your plastic over it. It doesn't take very much. Hmm. That's a great idea, Sharon. Um, well, I know our first greenhouses were made with those, and we had them for 12 years like that. We grew tomatoes and everything in there, and then just threw them away and put up a regular greenhouse. Well, and your gardens are beautiful. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are beautiful. So oh, the only thing I feel is when they're starting, 
Don't be discouraged. Just keep trying. Yes. I wanted to interject here and see if we could start the trivia. Yes. So we have uh, for today's trivia, um, we have a $20 gift certificate to Singley Alley. They've generously donated to us to use every week for the winner of our trivia question. And this week, most people know what a strawberry flower looks like. It's a pretty iconic plant, but not everyone knows how many different colors the strawberry plant flowers can come in. So the trivia question this week is, can you tell us two colors the strawberry flowers can come as? So hopefully someone will call in with the answer and know uh, what colors strawberry plant flowers, the flowers are. Okay, so if you have the answer to that, call 772-3808 for your chance to win. And while we're waiting to see if anyone has the answer to that question, I wanted to talk a little bit about everyone's favorite part of growing strawberries, which is eating them, and what recipes and things you like to do with them. What is your favorite uh, way of eating strawberries, Sharon? what I do with a lot of mine when I have extra I put them in my food processor and go zap 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 and it sort of chops them a little bit I put a little bit of sugar on them and I put them in an ice cube tray and pop those out of the tray and pack them side by side upright and then turned over so they fit tight in the little sandwich bag put them in the freezer and in the winter time you just get those out two or three of them in a bowl and pull some, pour some half and half on them you've got instant ice cream oh that sounds like a fantastic idea yeah I've occasionally frozen them but I like the idea of doing it in the ice cube trays so you can just pull out a couple at a time it works beautiful and everybody loves it you sprinkle nuts on them put whipped cream on them whatever you want Everybody likes them, and I never have enough made, and I do that with raspberries and strawberries. So you can do that with any of your berries. They're easy to use when you're ready for them. Yeah, and that would be another great way. I like to make a lot of fruit smoothies with my fruit, and having them in the ice cube tray would be another easy way to pop them out, just a handful in the smoothies. And um, I wanted to mention... For our listeners, we are going to put some recipes up on the library web uh, Facebook page that will um, have some recipes for this fruit smoothies, for a uh, quick and easy strawberry jam, um, for some fruit leathers, which is another really fun project to do with kids to preserve the berries. Now, you do a lot of... So let's look, something to look forward to there, but uh, let's come back to that because we've got a caller on the line here. Hello, caller on line one. I think you have a, a trivia answer here. Um, hi, yes. Um, the answer is, I think, pink and white. You are correct. Yeah, there are a handful of varieties that make pink flowers. And there are even some that are a dark pink that are almost red. Um, so, and who are we talking to? Cheyenne uh, Scale. Eight. Hey, Cheyenne. This is Kari. Um, thanks for calling in, and that's and and that's a great answer, the right answer. Um, 
You can pick up your gift certificate at Singling Alley Books. We'll call after the show and let them know that you're the winner. Thanks for calling you. Okay. Eight. Yeah, so this year I had actually ordered um, some strawberry seeds for a variety of strawberry plant that makes um, three different colors. It's got the white, a pale pink, and then a really dark pink, almost red. And I thought it'd be fun to just try. I've never tried strawberries from seed before. Usually you get them from the runners. Um, it, but it's been fun. Like, they, they sprouted, and I've got, like, little quarter-sized plants now. And it'll be, it'll be another year or two until I actually get any flowers or berries out of them. But it's, uh, it's another way you can actually start strawberries from seeds um, if you're inspired and willing to wait a few years till you get berries. <laughs> It's real fun to see them sprout and grow. That's a nice thing to do. So I just want to um, thank Sharon for coming on today and sharing. And I loved your idea about putting them in the freezer and making ice cream anytime you want. Um, Make a lot because you'll never have enough. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, you and Christina. I've I've learned so much today that I didn't know, and it makes me want to actually grow strawberries. Um, Good, yeah. Uh, hopeful, lots of people will be inspired to try them because they they are a, a great. I love having the fresh berries. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for inviting me to talk with you, and just keep growing. It's worth every minute of your effort thank you it was a joy talking with you yes and thank I want thank you. I wanted to add that um we also Christina has we've put up the link on if you go to the library's um Facebook page and go to the advertisement for everything strawberry um in the comments below that we have put the links for um a very easy strawberry jam recipe that only takes three ingredients and it's a youtube tutorial and um we've also put a link in there for um varieties of fruits and veggies that grow in southeast alaska well and that's put out by university alaska fairbanks and um, I'm also going to put the recipes out for fruit leather and smoothies. And what was there something else, Christina? Uh, I think it was just the leathers and the smoothies and the jam that we had okay. the three recipes for. Okay. So and some so, ideas of kid friendly and, and adult friendly too recipes. Okay. So thank you for joining us today. And we hope to see you next week or that you will tune in next week. And, um, for Summer Stream Live. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to the Public Library for bringing us that program. So great to hear from Christina and Sharon all about wonderful ideas, techniques, ways to grow, and ways to enjoy strawberries right out of the garden. Wonderful to hear all, all of that. And uh, that's just a, a lovely hour of radio put together by Kari Peterson and the Petersburg Public Library. Thank you so much to, uh, to everybody involved in putting together these shows here, a special 
summer stream production over the over the summer. 